PC, iPod or smartphone, this is the girlsplayfooty.com podcast. Coming up on the fifth edition of the girlsplayfooty.com podcast, we catch up with the president of the Eastern Devils, Joe Watton. Sample female football coordinator, Emma Gibson, pops by. And we find out what's happening in women's footy in country Victoria with Chelsea Cappell from AFL Gippsland. All that and more coming up on the girlsplayfooty.com podcast. I'm Peter Holden. Thank you very much for joining us on the fifth edition of the girlsplayfooty.com podcast. And a big shout out to Matt and Katie at girlsplayfooty.com for hosting this very podcast. And also to you, the listener. Thanks to all those who liked on the Facebook page, including Lisa Caddo, Tanya Hetherington, Meg Ballantyne, uh, Carol Collier, Cindy Kilpatrick, Steph Walding, Fiona Kemp, Kendra Hill, Dana Beskevel, uh, Amanda Wick, Donald Sullivan, Georgia Taylor, Dave Gordon, Barbara Lynch and David Burke, thank you very much for your likes. Now let's get into it. The draft game was held over the weekend in Victoria at VU Witten Oval. This was for Victorian-based players, plus a few ring-ins from AFL New South Wales ACT and a Canadian as well. The player of the day at least according to girlsplayfooty.com radio, was Karina DeMont from uh, AFL Canberra. And Daniel Hill caught up with her straight after the game. Yeah, Pete, I'm with Karina DeMont, our player of the day. A couple of snags out there today, Karina. You played pretty well. Yeah, I'm pretty happy. Um, coming down from Canberra, I wasn't sure, because we haven't had a hit out down there yet match-wise. I wasn't sure what to expect, but everyone here made us feel super welcome, and that was a massive part of us all playing well today, I reckon. Yeah, and it is hard. I mean, first hit out for everyone. It's um, it's sort of thrown on you, and the draft's only three or four weeks away, and it does make it difficult. It makes it very difficult. I think I mean, I think a lot of these girls would attest that like you've got to pull a lot of stuff in beforehand, you've got to pull a lot of training in beforehand. I've been training since November, so I mean, it's about putting the hard yards in on the track and then also coming here and being switched on. And, and Aster and Chochi have done a great, great job today. Now, come half time, do you have a preference, Bulldogs or Melbourne? <laughs> I'm a Melbourne supporter, so oh, I'd love to play for the D's. Yep, it would be awesome. Now, playing up forward, the glove, you've got the Travis Cloak look there. It's uh, it's working well for you, and, and the kicking uh, was, was pretty good today in these windy conditions. Yeah, it wasn't too bad. I mean, getting here, um, just noticed the, a freak wind coming across the ground. You know, you always have to compensate for that as a forward. But, I mean, you know, we're all professional here, so I think it's just a thing. It's part and parcel playing at that extra high level. You just have to make sure that you do that. And that professionalism coming down from Canberra, uh, as you said, you're, you're welcomed in as a team. But what's the setup like uh, up there from, from where you've come from? Uh, we've come in leaps and bounds the last couple of years, so we've just started um, playing in our two divisions, and we're and the state uh, team's going strong. We're, we'll be having a hit out against um, Sydney AFL Sydney soon in the next month um, to try and um, bolster our ranks for draft selection as well. So it's all—I mean, it's not to the standard of down here, but we're definitely coming in leaps and bounds, which is awesome. Beautiful. Thanks for joining us, and you've won the thirty-dollar $30 iTunes voucher. And good luck going on the on the trip back to Canberra, and we hope to see you come to exhibition games. Thank you very much. Of course, that interview was from girlsplayfooty.com radio, which had its test broadcast at the Victorian Draft game over the weekend. And I can tell you that girlsplayfooty.com radio will be broadcasting the Premier Division match of the round for the Victorian Women's Football League throughout season 2015. And we'll be back on Sunday, April 12th, 1.30pm for the game between the Darabin Falcons and Diamond Creek. And if you're interested in joining the commentary team, feel free to send us a message through Facebook. 
For Girls in WA, your draft game, of course, is coming up this weekend. We hope to catch up with Nikki Harwood on our next podcast to find out who starred in that match. Now, the SA girls have been doing something a little different. They've been having draft trials before their All-Star game on April 18. And that's why we have on the line the Sandfell female football coordinator in Emma Gibson. Uh, Emma, explain the uh, Elite Pathway program you've got lined out in South Australia. Yes, yeah, so last year we had our first ever All-Star game in preparation for the draft and so this year we've decided to go about it in a little bit of a different way um sort of playing in the all-stars with our state team trials as well so it's a really exciting process in that those that have trialed the all-stars game if you are selected for the all-stars game and, and play out on adelaide oval you obviously get that awesome experience um you know playing on one of the world's best stadiums uh then you're also in the you know the chance of being selected into our state team from um, the game as well as the trainings leading up to it. So, yeah, it's a bit of a process, but a really exciting one. And a lot online also in that April 18 game because I believe it's just a couple of days out also from the AFL Women's Draft. Correct, yeah. So the timing, um, we were looking at trying to get round one, which would have been really exciting, but we got round three, which actually worked more in our favour, um, being that it's a Crows versus Melbourne game. So it's coming quite, you know, quite handy uh, in terms of promotion, with obviously Melbourne being one of the women's, women's teams. Um, but we're also, because it is being two days, being played two days out from the draft, we're flying over the two coaches. So Craig Starkovich and Michelle Cowan will both be present live in the flesh watching the All-Stars game at Adelaide Oval. Now, the SA Women's League, of, of course, is a little bit smaller. I think there's eight teams Division One, seven teams Division Two. So the, the pool of players is a bit smaller in South Australia. So how many did you have coming along to, to trial in front of the coaches? Yeah, so the exciting thing about the All-Stars is the fact that we, we don't restrict it to just those involved in the Women's League. Obviously, we highly encourage everyone to get involved in, and play in our Women's League, but we sort of throw it out there and say, if you're a talented athlete in, other, in another sport, come along and um, we, we just want the best athletes out there. So uh, for the All-Stars, we had over 70 girls come out and trial, which is really good to see. Um, but then we've also um, seen a fair few numbers of girls that don't actually play football have now... From, purely from the All-Stars trials, have then gone on and signed up for a club. Which is fantastic news to hear. Now, who are some of the players that caught your eye over the last couple of trials? The, the girls you sort of expect, I guess. We've had um, two girls that we were lucky enough to um, attend the, the All-Australian Girls Tour over in New Zealand in Shea Gunlack and Sarah Allen. Um, both of those youngsters are just outstanding footballers, outstanding athletes in general. And they, they obviously stood out at the trials, which was really good to see. Um, we've also had Courtney Craney, who's been drafted for the past two years. She's just a, an on-field leader as well as an off-field person, outstanding person in general. Um, so it was really good to see her getting involved in the trials again. Um, and yeah, we've also had some other uh, under-18 state players as well coming through. Um, so they actually came to under-18 state training that morning, joined in with the All-Stars trials, and then went back to under-18 state training afterwards. So it was really exciting to see the youngsters coming through too. And I believe a bit of an old hand, uh, a former vice-captain for the SA women's side back in 2013 and, and also an under-18 All-Australian back in 2010, Georgia Bevan performed well. Yeah, she's just such a consistent player. It's, she's just, the skills that she has as well as just the mentality that she takes down into that field, it's really, it's, it's quite incredible to see and um, I'm really excited to see how she goes about, goes out her play um, in the All-Stars game out in Adelaide Oval with such a big crowd and atmosphere, it'll be really exciting to see. Uh, crossing your fingers and hoping for the best, how many players do you hope might be selected uh, to play for the uh, Demons or the Bulldogs this year? Going by what we saw at the trials, I'm really excited. 
Um, I don't want to put a number on it because I don't want to jinx myself, <laughs> um, but I'm really excited to see um, the great talent that we do have here in South Australia shine on the big stage, and I'm, I'm really looking forward to the draft night because I have a good feeling about it. Now, numbers terms, uh, SA seems to be a bit behind at the moment. Obviously, Victoria's been the traditional strong state, WA and Queensland. Uh, what processes are now being put in place to make sure that SA not only catch up to WA, but I guess for a bit of your own state pride, try and exceed them? Yeah, well, considering, you know, completely different border, completely different state, we try not to focus too much on what numbers are happening on in different states. We're obviously completely different kettle of fish over here, so um, it's really exciting to see, um, I guess, the participation numbers increasing. We're really having a focus on junior participation at the moment, trying to build up um, from the bottom up rather than the top going down, um, which we've found in the past we've tried to work, um, you know, starting off at the top and trying to include girls into it, but we're finding that if we start down in the junior pathways and build up, um, we're getting a stronger base, stronger participation numbers. Um, and it's then feeding in um, with those family members of those younger girls as well getting involved. And, um, you know, it may seem that we're like, we're, you know, we're behind the eight ball, but it's, it's generally not the case. Um, over in Jastro, we're really excited with where we're at. Um, we'd love to see more participation numbers, but they're on the cards and it's really exciting to see the growth. And I believe also the expansion and the work on women's football is not just happening, obviously, in the Adelaide area where people expect. I believe even this weekend they've got some trials happening down in the southeast around Millicent, around Mount Gambier, around that area. Yeah, so the South East has sort of, uh, it's had an under-18 sort of academy set up for the past couple of years, but I guess since Sarah Allen went over to on the New Zealand tour uh, for the Australian team, it's been just a massive, massive growth down there, and they've seen that there is a pathway, and they've seen what she's achieved, and people want more of it, I guess. So um, it's great to see that um, Sarah herself are actually is actually organising these trials along with her father, um, and I guess to see the girls that turn up to those come and try days, they'll then turn that into greater opportunities for those girls to continue playing sport. And other other regional areas in South Australia have also been um, getting involved in female football and growing over the years as well, and we're really interested to see um, where that's going to go this year. And when we talk about female football, we don't obviously just focus on the players. The umpires, I believe you had Chelsea Roffey uh, just come across on Tuesday night to, uh, I guess, uh, give a presentation, run through some skills, and obviously trying to encourage uh, some to take up the umpiring ranks. Yeah, that was fantastic. <laughs> it was a really, really good night. So we knew that she was coming over for um, you know for a little time, and we sort of thought, what can we do? Because um, we're really interested, obviously, in growing the, the player participation pathway, but at the same time, you can't play if you don't have umpires. What better way to promote female involvement in umpiring than actually getting Chelsea involved when she was here? So we had a come and try day. We had um, just under 10 girls uh, coming out for that, but others had registered and couldn't turn up on the night. So um, a great deal of girls that aren't currently involved, I guess, was the most positive thing from that. Um, so new faces came out. Uh, they had a great session with Chelsea and with Heath, and it was just a really positive night. I actually learned a lot from it as well. <laughs> so it was really good to see that moving forward, um, it's actually looking really exciting uh, in the female umpiring space. And the SANFL is doing a bit of work uh, in the female space for umpires moving forward for not only this year, but for the years to come too. So, yeah, really exciting. And do we thank Emma Gibson very much for her time. And as we alluded to, uh, in South East, South Australia, they have got a uh, come and try footy sessions happening this weekend, starting on uh, Friday, the 27th of March, 5pm at night at the Millicent Football Club. Or you can come along on Sunday, 29th of March to the East Gambia Football Club at 10am for their come and try day. For further information, go to the Southeast Female Football 
football page on Facebook or call Keith Allen on 0450 Now, we've talked about Victoria, WA and SA with the draft. Previously had on uh, representatives in Queensland and New South Wales ACT. We hope to catch up with someone from Tasmania very soon. We've had a bit of trouble trying to contact uh, a representative through the Tasmanian Women's Football League. We hope we can have someone for you on the next podcast. Returning to Victoria and a couple of big events happening this weekend. Uh, one event is for the Darabin Women's Sports Club, of course, the Darabin Falcons. 25 years they're celebrating this year and they've got a past players game that will be played at The Nest in West Preston. Uh, they're encouraging people to come on down at 12.30, particularly uh, current and ex-players for a uh, photo they're going to take and then a past players game, 1 o'clock this Sunday at AH cap reserve so if you've had anything to do with the falcons over the past 25 years make sure you're down at ah ah cap reserve in west preston this sunday on saturday at uh, mulgrave reserve the home of the eastern devils they're hosting a big rocking the reserve which is a fundraiser not only for the eastern devils football club but for all the other sporting clubs that uh, share mulgrave reserve and that's what we've got on the line there president joe watton now joe before before we get into that and all things footy, uh, your sister Lou Watton, of course, who played for Melbourne last year, uh, retired to take up triathlons. Uh, I believe she took part in the Melbourne Ironman just over the weekend. Uh, how did she go? She did really well. She wanted to get under a certain time and managed to do that by five minutes. So, no, she was really happy with how she went. It was her first one, and yeah, that's pretty much one of the reasons she gave up footy was to focus more on the triathlon and to be able to push out to those longer distances. And, of course, that leaves some uh, big shoes to fill there at the Eastern Devils. Uh, Who's going to put their hand up for the ruck roll now that uh, Lou has retired? Yeah, it's certainly. She sort of definitely had the spot covered for a while. I don't think um, she's sat on the bench in a few years. So, look, it'll give somebody else an opportunity too. We've had a a couple of new players down to the club and uh, a few tall ones, which is good. So, hopefully, we'll find someone to slot into that position. And as the legend goes, uh, a future star arrives at the club. Um, We were just having a chat a couple of weeks ago. Young Blackburn Youth Girls uh, player Catherine Smith, I believe, is going to be pulling on the boots for you for a few games. Yeah, look, uh, it's... Fantastic. The Devils, we've actually formed a partnership with the Blackburn Junior Footy Club this year because we did sort of have a link with some of those girls, including Catherine Smith, um, so that they have a pathway when they finish their junior footy at Blackburn that they can sort of join on with the Devils. So we've sort of joined forces, which is great. And, um, yeah, as I said, Smitty's sort of been around for a little while, so it'd be great for her to put on the the Devil jumper. She did play a few youth girls games back for us. Seems like ages ago, but she's still so young. (laughs) And also, not only Blackbird, but I believe one of the teams around Waverley is also aligned with you. Yeah, the Waverley Park Hawks as well. Um, I guess we really looked at it, as I said, we did have a youth girls side in the past, but now, you know, junior girls footy is so much bigger than just youth girls. It's across all age brackets, and we just... As a senior football club, we're not not in a position to run a junior football club, so we thought we'd... um, Shout out to those who already do it. Um, and both those clubs, the Waverley Park Hawks and the Blackburn Juniors, um, they're not interested in running a senior club. So it seemed to sort of make sense to join forces together and have that partnership so they can play, you know, from Auskick right up to senior footy with the girls. Now, a big announcement during the preseason was landing a new coach, and that is Brendan Major. Uh, what's his background and how did you land his services? 
Um, look, it's quite an interesting story. His girlfriend is Canadian and she came out to play football. She played football over there. We've got a bit of a connection with the Canadian side and um, he, you know, was in the area too. And I think the first game last year, he decided to start in the car, knowing that he's a bit of a vocal person. Well, I think by quarter time, he was on the fence and by half time, he was pretty much in the huddle. And uh, he ended up being an assistant coach last year and then this year has stepped up into the, the head coaching role. And talking about Canadians, am I hearing right that Kendra Hill is on her way back? She's on her way back, and another Canadian who played for us a few years ago, Amy Lego, is also on her way back. Um, so we'll have the two Canadians this year, which is fantastic. And also some uh, recent announcements on reserve co-coaches. Yeah, look, this is interesting for us. We've got um, Megan Snart and Anna Meldrum, who are going to co-coach for us. Now, Megan Snart is a sister of one of the players who's been around the club for a little while volunteering. She was the runner last year. And Anna Meldrum, whose nickname's always been Hoppy, and she's living up to it at the moment because she did her Achilles over the summer. So she's a player who's going to be on the sidelines for the year, so she put her hand up um, in that co-coaching role. And uh, looking ahead towards uh, uh, season uh, 2015, um, you've got a side in Premier Division which has six teams and you've got a side in Division 1 which has got 10 teams. Uh, I guess that creates a bit of a logistical nightmare. I mean, how many volunteers do you need and how do you split them up to be able to cover, particularly when the sides are going to different grounds? Yeah, look, it's going to be interesting and we're sort of still nutting out as to how it's going to work. I guess there's a couple of weekends where our games are spread over the Saturday and the Sunday, so that shouldn't be an issue. Um, But yeah, where they're sort of on the same day at different venues, we are going to be spread a little bit thinner, even with trainers and that sort of thing. So we're just trying to be as organised as we can and, and fingers crossed we can work it out when the time comes. And as we've been checking in with the other clubs about major sponsors and some of them getting some new ones on board uh, with now the increased exposure of women's footy, how's it been for the Eastern Devils? Yeah, look, we've been quite lucky in that we've had some sponsors who've been with us for a really long time. Um, And so they sort of come on board year after year. We have got a new sponsor this year, but it's, it's quite funny. Sometimes our sponsors come through our current sponsors. The last two sponsors we've signed up, um, being Amaro's Butchers and KHA Handling, who look after glassware, have come through the Rising Sun Hotel, who are our sponsor. So the word spreads, and I think really for us, often our sponsors have some connection to the club in some way. Um, which helps them sort of get on board just because, you know, they want to really support the Devils. And uh, talking about supporting the Devils, uh, everyone can do that this weekend with Rock and the Reserve. Now, can you tell us about the concept and how that came about? Yeah, look, down at Mulgrave Reserve, where we play, there's the Mulgrave Football Club, which is the senior men's club. There's uh, the cricket club. And there's the uh, Glen Waverley Rovers, which is the junior club. And it was really, I guess, the idea was broached by the men's club. Um, you know, costs seem to be rising at footy clubs all over the place. And they were just aware that you're sort of always asking the same people for money. You know, your playing group, your members, your supporters. And so they wanted to put on a community event, which is, one, great for the community, but also hopefully can bring in a few dollars for the club. So we all got together, and uh, this is the second year. And, um, yeah, so we put on a, a music festival, but it also sort of showcases a bit of food from the local area and some sort of nice wines and boutique beers and things as well. And without giving too much away uh, in a monetary sense, how much, how important is rocking the reserve to the bottom line of your club and the other clubs sharing Mulgrave Reserve? Well, look, we're hopefully, you know, it's sort of a build-up year-to-year sort of thing, um, and we've sort of had a bit of a three-year plan. So this is the second of the, the three years, I guess, to really 
gather some momentum. I mean, the music festival market is um, a pretty busy one, but I think we've got a unique pitch and there's not many uh, other festivals around where we are in the eastern suburbs and it, it really is in the suburbs. So it's a, we're really pushing to the local community. You know, there's not many people who will walk to a music festival. Um, so, yeah, keeping it ingrained, just spreading the word through the clubs and those sorts of things. And, look, we hope down the track it'll be a quite a big money spinner, which will, you know, hopefully be, you know, able for the clubs to be sustainable and, you know, perhaps do some improvements around the place and those sorts of things without putting so much pressure on our members and our supporters. And most importantly, the acts for uh, this Saturday, uh, we should mention, they're not a bunch of no-names. We're talking about some serious big Aussie rock names here. Yeah, look, it's going to be, it was a fantastic day last year and the, the, weather, the weather forecast says the sun's going to shine, so it should be a great day. We've got John Stevens, the Black Sorrows, Mental as Anything, and then um, a crew of some 80s lead singers in the absolutely 80s, so Scott Kahn, uh, Dale Ryder and Brian Mannix. So, look, it should be a cracking day. And uh, for those that do want to get along, uh, what time's it all kicking off and how much is it to get in? Yeah, look, the gates open at one o'clock and the music goes till around uh, 9.30 at night. So it's the whole the whole afternoon and evening we've got covered for you. Um, the tickets are about $70 for adults, about $25 uh, for under 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 15 kids. And then the little ones are free. We've got sort of coach approach there with um, some sort of sports equipment and things to keep the, the little tackers entertained. And if you just head to rockingthereserve.com, you'll find all the information you need. So there you have it. If you want to hear some good old-fashioned Aussie rock, head on down to Mulgrave Reserve this Saturday for Rocking the Reserve. And we thank Joe very much for her time and no doubt we'll catch up with her throughout season 2015 as we follow her Eastern Devils in the Victorian Women's Football League Premier Division and Division 1. Now it's time to go country. Gippsland is a vast area in Victoria and it's the responsibility of Chelsea Cappell. She is the football development manager for AFL Gippsland. and They've taken the bold step of entering a side in the Victorian Women's Football League Division 5 East. This is very unusual, a league instead of a club entering a side in the VWFL. Now, Chelsea, let's give everyone around Australia an idea of how big Gippsland is. It's almost the whole of Eastern Victoria, isn't it? Yeah, AFL Gippsland's got a big job uh, ahead of us. We've got quite a large area. I actually think we've got the largest area with all of the commissions uh, in Victoria. So we've got a bit of a challenge. We've got over 100 clubs in in our area alone, um, spreading from sort of, you know, Pakenham's our border all the way across to, we go to Stratford in AFL Gippsland, but we also look after AFL East Gippsland, which goes all the way up through all past the mountains, lakes, entrance. It's massive, pretty much the whole east side of, you know, South Victoria. Indeed. And uh, for the first time ever, you're going to be entering a women's side in the uh, Victorian Women's Football League. Now, this is a little different. Now, there's normally clubs entering teams, but as a league, you're entering a team. That is correct. Yes, we um we actually found that we're very historic down in Gippsland, as as most sort of footy regions are, and a lot of people have really strong alliances to clubs. And we found that having conversations with women, there was a bit of a conflict of interest with, say, um, you know, a certain club having ownership of a women's team if their husband or partner wasn't actually involved themselves. Um, so we thought, well, it was a great idea to sort of trial something and have a representative side coming out of our Gippsland League, so Gippsland League being our major league down here, 
I, it sort of opens the opportunities and the pathways for any women, um, even women that do currently have alliances with netball clubs, they're not sort of changing that alliance to, um, to you know, convert to another club as such. They're still... They can still play with one club and have that um, opportunity to represent the league at women's footy. So I think it's actually enabled us to spread even further and, you know, get girls that, that might not normally come just being a representative side. So we hope that it, it'll be quite successful. And, of course, for a while now we've had one team out of Bendigo, one team out of Geelong, and there was two now back to one club out of Ballarat. So I guess it makes sense for Eastern Victoria to be represented. Yes, yeah, it does. No, it's finally good to, um, for us to have a side. I think um, Gippsland, Gippsland itself has been a little bit behind in the women's footy space, so it's nice that with that resources from AFL Gippsland, we've been able to speed up that process and, and give the women of Gippsland an opportunity to play. Now, last week you put out the call for uh, players to come to your first training session. How did that go? Yeah, it was great. We were really impressed. We had 13 girls um, turn up and I think we had seven apologies. So we pretty much had a side just from our first come and try day. It was really interesting to see um, the diverse range of, of women and girls that came, some that have had footy experience, some that have never had footy experience. And I think that was a great indication that anyone's welcome to be a part of our team and, and everyone will be made to feel very welcome. Now, as you said, you've got a total of 20 so far. What's the ideal number that you're looking for, obviously, when you've got to account for player unavailability, uh, including injuries? Yeah, look, it'd be lovely to have a large squad to choose from. I mean, if we have 30, we'll be, we'd be very happy. Um, it just depends. We do have quite a few women that are dedicated to play the whole season and others that, that want to be able to pick and choose. So I don't think we'll have a problem with getting 30 women signed up, ready to go. Um, again, some with experience, some without, and I think that makes it half the fun. And also, because you're playing in the uh, development division, which is Division 5 East, the rules are slightly different, isn't it, when it comes to players and loaning players as well on match day? Yeah, yeah, I believe so. So um, as a requirement, and I guess this was a bit of incentive for Gippsland to start the ball rolling for a women's team because we did get jump on board a little bit late um, to get the ball rolling, having our come and try day last week. It's only a minimum 12 aside, so... Um, that's really appealing for entry-level clubs like ourselves that, that we're really stressed um, prior to our come and try that, you know, are we going to have enough women to play? We wanted to commit to this. We've committed, um, we've purchased jumpers for the team, committed 100%, so it's really reassuring that we only really need 12 aside for um, a game and they will level up. So if one side comes to the game with 18 players and we come to the game with 12, we will we'll maybe play 14 aside or something like that. So, no, good. And, of course, with you being a representative side as well, have you settled on uh, where you're looking to hold training sessions and to hold match days? Yeah, with our training, we've been fortunate enough to secure um, Trelgan West End Complex, which is off Douglas Parade in Trelgan, and that's a fantastic facility that um, are more than happy to cater and accommodate for us. We're training alongside the um, Super Rules uh, overage men's team, which I think was quite a good environment last week. With game day, um, we're going to do it a little bit differently because we are a Gippsland League side. We're actually going to pick um, some grounds all over Gippsland, more to the Melbourne side of Gippsland, but all over um, Gippsland so we can showcase women's footy sort of everywhere. So we won't have a home ground as such for the first year, but I think it's good to, to show the rest of Gippsland what women's footy is all about.
Another thing you've been looking after as well is the uh, Gippsland Youth Girls, and I believe you've been trying to start a league this year. In fact, I was reading, I think if I pronounced the name correctly, Dalston, I think had Darabin come down to help him out on a, uh, you know, try footy day. And also I believe Melbourne Uni helped out with the Morwell Tigers. Yeah, we've had some great support from the VWFL clubs uh, in Melbourne coming down. I guess Gippsland being such a large area and also such a tourist area, um, we've been lucky that they've, Darabin especially, have their pre-season camp down at Cape Patterson. So Darwin and Cape Patterson are sort of 10 minutes away from each other and we thought that would be a great opportunity. Um, we found that for youth girls it's quite inspiring for them to see the women play to realise that, you know, it's actually a big competition in Melbourne and... These girls are getting the opportunity to play locally. So drawing that connection, and similar with Melbourne Uni and Mall Tigers Junior Football Club, I think it was just really good for the young girls, so the 13, 18 year olds, to see these women, see that they can play, and just have that conversation that, you know, the game's growing, the game's growing down here. Um, and I think it's a really good partnership. So our Youth Girls League has now gone from four to eight teams. So we did run last year. Um, so, yeah, we've pretty much doubled. And then having the women's team, once those girls are over 18, they've got somewhere to go now. So it's pretty much a pathway from 13 all the way through to open age footy for girls now. And I guess it also makes sense for those uh, Melbourne clubs to get involved and help out the Gippsland youth girls because as much as we all like to say that the girls are going to stay there in a country town, the reality is a number of them will pack up and leave when they get to 18, 19 and think about moving to university in Melbourne and, of course, relocating. Oh, of course, and we're finding that with our boys in Gippsland especially. Um, so for, for those clubs, Darabin and Melbourne, you need to be strategic about making those partnerships. Um, we've actually got a, a coach um, who was from the local region assisting coaching with Darabin at the moment. So for them to make that partnership is, is you know, it's pretty strategic on the women's uh, club's behalf, but also just a great relationship that girls, they can move to Melbourne and, and that's a daunting thing for some of the girls to move to Melbourne and know that they've got a footy club that they can go to and they're, they're welcomed and they've got a place. So, no, I think it's good. And uh, I'm going to try and test your knowledge off the top of your head. What are those eight clubs that will be playing in the Gippsland Youth Girls League this year? Yeah, we've got Dalston uh, Football Netball Club. We've got Warrigal Colts Junior Footy Club. Morwell Tigers Junior Footy Club. We've got Terrellgan Football Netball Club, which is a, a new one this year. Stratford Junior Footy Netball Club. Massa Junior Footy Netball Club. And Vansdale. And one more, Yarram Southern Suns uh, Junior Footy Club. So uh, we're, we're well represented. So Darston through to Bansdale's a, a fair hike. <laughs> um, so it's sort of all spread all across Gippsland, those, those eight youth girls teams. Which is fantastic to hear. Now, before I let you go, if anyone's interested in playing youth girls footy in Gippsland or signing up for the new women's team that will play in the Victorian Women's Football League, uh, who do they need to contact? Yeah, probably best person's me. Um, I'm contactable through the AFL Gippsland website. And the AFL Gippsland website's got a lot of the information about the women's coming Fridays. Um, it'll, it'll have all the progress on how the women's team's going. And I'll be contactable for any information about the Youth Girls League. So, no, contact me. <laughs> and we thank Chelsea very much for her time. Now, before we leave the girlsplayfooty.com podcast for another week, a big shout-out to anyone who's good on the keyboard, can type out a few words, particularly about their club 
or about the women's football league that they're participating in. We're always looking for writers at girlsplayfooty.com to help us out in any state around Australia. If you feel you can punch out a few words each week, just letting us know how your club or your league is going, feel free to leave a message on the Facebook page and we will get in contact with you. Facebook.com forward slash girlsplayfooty. I'm Peter Holden. Thank you once again for all your likes and all your kind words. And we'll catch you again next week on the girlsplayfooty.com podcast.